Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Rubeck. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Excited to talk about these two big games coming up this weekend. Absolutely. We do have a lot to dive into. It is Northwestern week for football and Wisconsin week for Nebraska volleyball. We're going to dive into all things with both of those matchups. Absolutely huge, huge games here in Lincoln this weekend. But we'll start it off first with the best thing we saw this week. Anthony, why don't you go ahead and get us started off? Uh, yeah, so I didn't get the opportunity to write a Huskers in the NFL story this week. Coincidentally, of course, ironically, that <laughs> this was a week that a lot of Huskers actually had some great games. So I wanted to quickly highlight over those. Uh, starting off with Cam Taylor-Britt mm-hmm. from the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously had the pick six last week, responded this week with another interception uh, to go along with seven tackles and three pass breakups. Uh, Trey Palmer got a career-high 47 yards on two catches. He would have had more if Baker Mayfield could throw an accurate (laughs) football. And then uh, a trio of Huskers were able to get some sacks. Levante David and Randy Gregory each got a solo sack, and Malik Collins for the Texans got half of a sack as well. So overall, very productive week. Yeah, we were way on fall break, so no publishing this week on Monday or Tuesday, but some big weeks for the Huskers. I'm going to try kind of cheat here and not talk about Husker athletics, but because we're in the Big Ten, uh, I want to talk about this and get on my high horse here. Nebraska, Iowa, or not Nebraska, not even Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. See, they're all the same. They're all the same in my eyes. Every Big Ten West team is the same. Uh, Minnesota, Iowa this weekend has the lowest over-under total uh, in the last 20 years in college football. And who else would it be? Minnesota and Iowa, both class of the Big Ten West I think that might be a little high, Anthony. I, I could see this being a 13-6 to win for Iowa. It's always close. It's always low scoring. It's just the beauty of college football, especially in the Big Ten West. Speaking of the Big Ten West, Anthony, there is a big matchup this weekend. Surprising that it's big, but it will determine the kind of the standings going forward for the division. Nebraska versus Northwestern. Wow, what a game here in Lincoln. Last year, the infamous Dublin game, the infamous Scott Frost onside kick game that ultimately led towards his firing. It was the only win Northwestern got all year. How embarrassing for Nebraska. They get a chance to redeem themselves this year. It's not in week zero. It's in week eight. Now off of a bye week, they're much more prepared going into this matchup than I would have said they were last year. Could we see something like 2021 where Northwestern comes in and gets obliterated in front of a a rowdy crowd. It's the 100th year of Memorial Stadium. It's sure to be a full house. What's kind of your biggest storyline going into this one? Yeah, obviously it's a huge game standing-wise in the Big Ten West with both teams 3-3 and going in. A win by Nebraska here really kind of puts them in a spot to control their own destiny throughout the rest of the season to maybe even make a Cinderella run to the Big Ten (laughs) title game. But... I think the biggest thing to watch for is just how the offense is going to respond. I mean, we talked about it last week. We've talked about the episode before. This. Turnovers have really been a problem for the Huskers throughout the year. Obviously, it hasn't been getting easier. Losing key players seems like every single week. They had the bye week. They had the week off to rest to kind of tune up, fine-tune this, the takeaway, the turnover problems. And it's really, I think, Going into this week, I think if they're able to pick up on that, uh, 
keep the ball out of the opponent's hands, they can really go on a run here. Yeah, th- this is really a turning point in the season. I know we said that against Illinois. That was kind of the get-right game. This is, can we win this game and move forward in towards a bowl season? If they lose this game, I think that conversation is probably out the window just because this is the easiest schedule or easiest game arguably left on the on the schedule, but an absolute must win going into this week. It sets the tone for the rest of the season. We might say that every week at this point, time to just enjoy some of these wins coming along. My biggest storyline going into this one is the turnover that both of these programs have seen. Very different circumstances. I'm not going to equate either of those, but Northwestern, everything that they dealt with this offseason, crazy scandal coming out of Evanston, shocking, um, kind of their golden boy and coach Pat Fitzgerald being fired and suing the university. And now they're three and three. They have tripled their win total from last year. Again, it's it's been against two uh, non-Power 5 teams and Minnesota in comeback fashion. Not an impressive resume to say the least. But absolutely commendable what they've been able to do so far this season. I have been impressed by them to say the least. Being said, I still don't think they're anywhere near the realm of coaching level, of talent level, of experience that this Nebraska team has. And so for that reason, I think it should be a win for Nebraska. But as we've seen with Northwestern so far this season, they have that ability. They have that moxie to pull off a big upset. They did it against Minnesota. I don't know how much of that game you've been able to kind of ponder over, um, but I watched the film when I was doing my scouting report, and wow, what an incredible comeback. I didn't. We obviously didn't get to catch much of it because we were in the stadium that week um, after a Nebraska game. But the job that they were able to do, come back down from such a huge deficit, it's a little scary for the Huskers because that means that really no lead is safe with what they were able to do in that game. And it's a common opponent. Minnesota stifled Nebraska's offense. They only put up 10 points. You look at Northwestern against Minnesota, they put up 37, granted in overtime. That's a little scary if you're Nebraska. So this has got to be from the get-go a physical, dominating, run-it-down-their-throats kind of game, which Matt Rule would love to have happen. You can't let this game get away from you, though. Absolutely not. This is not the same kind of Northwestern team from past years where you could just kind of gloss over them. This is a team that you have to take seriously, and I think that's what Nebraska's been able to do. Um, anything that surprised you going into this matchup about how, how Northwestern has overcome some of those difficulties this offseason? Uh, yeah, for sure. A lot of the things that you already mentioned, I mean, going into this season, going in with that controversy in the offseason, I did not expect Northwestern to be at three wins, maybe no. even the whole season, definitely no. not at week eight. <laughs> so, yeah, this team shows a lot of fight. I mean, obviously the Minnesota game, even like even against Howard a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. yeah, they nearly uh, blew the game at it's the Howard, end there. But, but still, yeah. But they still, they were able to pull an ugly win out. They're... Again, they just they might not have the talent, they might not have the coaching, but they have fight and they have just this passion that it's hard to not. Uh, um, you, Nebraska better not underestimate yeah, that. You can't you can't overlook this matchup at all. Again, we've seen this happen with Nebraska before, where they underestimate an opponent. And I think that was Matt Rule's message this week. It's like it sounds a little rude to past teams of like, hey, the mindset was just not there. They they had a losing mindset. He's absolutely right there. Nebraska football has had a losing mindset 
over the better part of the last decade, when it comes down to these close games in the, in the stretch, we saw that carry over even in a Minnesota game where these guys are still, you know, completely new coaching staff, completely new year, they crumble in the final minutes. That losing mindset, I think, needs to be expunged this weekend. It's like, hey, we can win back-to-back Big Ten West games. We can provide ourselves as, hey, we are one of the one of the teams in the Big Ten West. Granted, it's really bad this year. One of the teams in the Big Ten West that can compete for the championship. Not for the championship, for the division title. I don't think any of these teams is going to come close to winning the Big Ten championship. Uh, let's start off schematically with how this defense, how Nebraska's defense is going to match up um, with Northwestern. The Wildcats' offense is not not great. Um, they have really struggled to move the ball outside of those three games that they've won, two against pretty bad opponents and against Minnesota, who was a complete collapse. In the other three losses, they haven't done much offensively, kind of stifled by Rutgers, and then Duke and Penn State were able to blow them out. Penn State was close for a little bit, but eventually they, they, took, they handled them. The most surprising thing for me is that Northwestern football has traditionally been very good on the ground and very good on the offensive line. That has not been the case this year. Arguably, their passing attack has been the better of the two units. So being able to run the ball is going to be key for them, and I just don't expect them to be able to do that this week. How do you think their run game is going to match up with Nebraska's run defense? That's so far outside of the Michigan game, like we said, been so good. Yeah, it's definitely a favorable matchup for the Blackshirt defense. Um, Going into the game, Northwestern is the worst rushing team in the Big Ten, averaging around 103 yards a game, whereas Nebraska is the second-best defense against the run, Mm -hmm. uh, giving up only 75.83 yards uh, per game. So, again, the Michigan game was a roadblock for them, was kind of a setback. They more than uh, lived up to the – previous hype around their defense against Illinois, holding them to 20, 21 rushing yards. So, yeah, as a Northwestern team, again, usually really good on the ground. Hasn't been quite the case this year, and I could see it just being another easy game for Nebraska. I wouldn't say easy, but just a game where I can see them just dominating. Dominating the run game. Yeah, again, um, against Rutgers and Penn State, both who have comparable run defenses to Nebraska – Penn State's is a little bit better. Rutgers is a little bit worse. They had 12 and 45 yards on the ground. Granted, they were trailing most of those games. So a little bit of that can be contributed to that. But not able to run the ball. Um, I think Cam Porter, the running back, has not really lived up to expectations. He kind of came onto the scene, was the second guy behind Evan Hull for the last couple years. And now that he's the lead back, hasn't been able to have the same production that many would have expected so I'm not sure if that's him still just adapting to a new system, if the offensive line, which we'll talk about in a minute, is just not helping him out. But again, not a great matchup. Luke Reimer's coming back this week um, after having a staph infection, which is incredible. I, I mean, so scary for him. I, I was reading into that, that it could cost you your limbs if it gets too bad. Um, you know, I haven't done my research on that quite. I'm not, not, not exactly a medical professional, but what a scary situation there. But he comes back just in time for this game. I would be surprised if Northwestern reaches 100 yards on the ground. There, it's possible they could bust off some big plays, but I don't see it. Given what the last couple opponents outside of Michigan, that's going to be the disclaimer for most of these, outside of Michigan, Nebraska's run defense has really stifled over the last couple weeks. So they can't run the ball. They're going to have to throw it. 
not good for them. Their quarterback is dealing with injuries. He missed the Howard game, was obviously didn't play last week because they had a bye, and is now questionable for this game. Um, supposedly he's progressing. Don't know exactly what that means. Sounds like still pretty – it's not looking good for him, but his stability at the quarterback position is absolutely key to what this team's going to be able to do. Um, I talked to the Daily Northwestern's um, sports editor, Alex Cervantes, this week, and he, he kind of said this is everything, right? The, the health of this quarterback means so much because they haven't had that stability over the last couple of years. There has been no sense of this is our guy in the locker room, and Bryant's been able to provide that this year. He's had his ups and downs. He's had some really great performances and some pretty poor performances, but he provides that stability. And so if he's not able to go – I would not, you know, I would not expect Northwestern to be able to put up more than 10 points against this defense. But their strength comes from their wide receiver crew, who has a lot of experience, some big play talent. They're actually really bad. They're really good on third down, but they're in third down and long a lot, which is something I found was really interesting. They're they're getting behind the chains and still converting, which is interesting. And I think a lot of that goes up to um, their wide receivers. Uh, Bryce Kurtz, Cam Johnson, A.J. Henning, who was a Michigan transfer. All of them are seniors. All of them have played extended time. They are all, I would say, some of the most talented pieces on this offense and going to be kind of the X factor in this game. Kurtz had a huge day against Minnesota with some spectacular routes, burned some guys over the top, had an 80-yard touchdown, and that was a big reason why they got back into that game. He's going to be priority number one. Uh, for Tony White's defense. They have the talent to be able to burn Nebraska for some big plays. Do you think that that they're going to be able to have that same success against Nebraska, who hasn't really given up that many big plays this year? I can honestly see that them, again, popping off a couple of big plays against Nebraska, something that has really been hidden behind the elite run defense of Nebraska this year is that the Husker defense actually ranks last in the Big Ten in uh, passing defense, mm-hmm. allowing 247 yards a game. Again, it really hasn't seemed like that big of a problem throughout the season, mostly because of how great the run defense right. is. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, again, Bryce Kurtz already going off on a big game, already going off against Minnesota, getting those big plays, getting the 80-yard touchdown. I could definitely see one of those plays happening against Nebraska on Saturday. I could see him sneaking behind mm-hmm. a, the secondary, who, again – against Illinois last week Same the one touchdown gave up Quinn Newsom got beat it wasn't horrible coverage by him but still he ended up getting beat for the touchdown for a deep touchdown that was really the only offense Illinois had the whole night besides probably the first drive of the game so I could see that being another uh, case on Saturday yeah that's why I say you gotta for Nebraska you have to control the line of scrimmage and draw this game out this can't be a back and forth messy turnovers mistakes kind of way because Northwestern has the ability to beat you over the top. And if it's a 20-7 to game, like we saw last week, and there's another big play, then all of a sudden it's a close game. And anything can happen with Nebraska in close games. We put that out the window already. They need to dominate from the outset if they want to avoid any chance at some of those big plays popping off for um, comebacks. Minnesota did not control the ball well once Northwestern started to come back, and that was the only reason they were able to get back into the game. There just wasn't enough time left to score as many points. I think that will be something Matt Rules talked about all week. They're going to control the line of scrimmage. And against Northwestern's offensive line, 
which is particularly poor. It's very surprising. We've seen so many NFL talent, so much NFL talent come out of Evanston that it's surprising how bad they are. They've allowed 22 sacks, which is the second most in the Big Ten, and 42 tackles for loss this season. And interesting thing is Bryant is actually pretty poor under pressure. Similar to what we saw with Luke Altmaier last week, if you're getting in his face, he's not. he needs his time to you know work through his progressions, find his guys downfield. If they can get after the quarterback, that will kind of alleviate the pressure on the secondary to control some of these big play wide receivers. So maybe that's maybe that's the game plan. Get up front, just destroy the offensive line, really dominate the line of scrimmage. That's got to happen on both sides because they have to control the clock. This can't be three and outs, you know, drop snaps, interceptions, right, that kind of thing. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on that matchup in terms of Nebraska's defense against Northwestern's offense? Uh, yeah, again, you mentioned just with uh, how bad the offensive line has been this year and how much pressure Bryant has faced and how he's been unable to really perform at a high level against it, kind of reminiscent to Illinois a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago with Altmeyer and yeah, it was just a favorable matchup for Nebraska that they were able to exploit, and then they were able to uh, garner pressure for the first time in weeks, uh, too. So it'd be interesting to see if they'll be able to regenerate that pressure after the bye week and force uh, Bryant or whoever's under center into right. another altmeyer like performance. Yeah, and again, we still don't know if Bryant's going to play. If he doesn't, again, that is going to be a really tough matchup for Northwestern's offense, who can't run the ball to help uh, Brennan Sullivan out, who's the backup. I expect Nebraska's defense to kind of handle the the Northwestern's offense, similar to what we saw last week. The biggest question mark for me is, is, Nebra- is Nebraska's offense going to be able to put some points on the board? This is what we have talked about all year. It has been the biggest issue. It's been the biggest cause of debate. Who is going to be the starting quarterback for your Nebraska Huskers? And this week, it's going to be Harburg. The first time we've known this far ahead of time since – Sims played against Colorado. He's finally getting the nod. What does that tell you? I think it's just helping him build his confidence going forward. I mean, week after week, Harburg plays with more and more confidence, and that's been with us. Jeff Sims getting better and better, mm-hmm. getting more and more recovered from his injury going back. So I think we're at a point in the season where Nebraska's season is going to be made in these next couple weeks. Absolutely. If they go 0-2 these next couple weeks, (laughs) it's going to be another just sad end of the year, not looking great for the future. If they go 2-0 these next couple weeks, then we could be talking bowl game. We could be talking Big Ten West title. So I think that Rule knows that going in. He knows what to expect from his players, and he knows how to get that out of them. So I think going – going uh, public with the Harburg as future quarterback will at least just give him some confidence needed for this weekend and hopefully will carry out throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, and I don't think that means if Harburg plays bad, he's not going to get pulled. I think Rule still loves – he has, still has a soft place in his heart for Sims, and if Harburg's struggling, he might throw Sims out here. But what it does tell me is even though they're – they don't they, – you know, he says one game at a time and everything, and that, that's a good sentiment. He is looking to the future of like – hey, we need Harburg to be confident that he is going to be the starter until he messes up so that he is able to just go out there and ball, be carefree with it, um, let loose some throws. There may be mistakes, but he ha- he's not worried about making those mistakes because he is the starting quarterback. We're, you know, that's the guy they're rolling with. 
Sims, I don't know if you've seen any of the, you know, behind the scenes videos uh, on YouTube that they've put out, but I actually, I, you know, I would think that he'd be kind of disgraced by this whole thing. Be like, man, I transferred here, got to play two, one and three quarters games. And now I, now I get passed up for the hometown Husker or whatever, you know, I'm sure he's sick of that, but he seems to be a still vocal leader on the team. Still was smiling, still was, you know, enjoying time with the guys. If he's needed to step in, I, I, I have confidence he's able to do that. But right now, I just think Harburg's been the best option. That's kind of been my point all season. You throw Sims in there, you throw two picks right away, and you lose to Northwestern, and the entire Nebraska media is coming for Rule's head. Why not stick with Harburg? He was winning games, right? So they finally make that conclusion, and it's just in time because I think he's going to have a big day on the ground against Northwestern. They have been pretty poor against running quarterbacks. Um, against Duke a couple weeks ago, I think it was about a month ago now, uh, Riley Leonard ran for 97 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Heinrich Harburg is nowhere near the talent that Riley Leonard is, especially with his arm. But Northwestern has kind of talked about this week in, in some of their press conferences. Like, yeah, Harburg, Harburg he's, he's, a dangerous, he's a dangerous runner, and we have, it's got to be priority number one. Um, when I talked to Alex, it seemed like that was the sentiment around Evanson of like, this guy is going to run all over us. And I think he has the he has the capability to do so. We'll see if that arm continues to develop. We saw some flashes against Illinois. We also saw some some low points. What are we going to get, especially in front of a hometown crowd this time? How is he going to respond off a of bye week, two weeks to prepare? I think we might see one of his best performances of the year. Um, great quote from Alex too. He said he he was getting twenty twenty one flashbacks with Adrian Martinez, and I guess that's high praise. I, Adrian Martinez is, he's a talented runner, you know, kind of a weird end here in Lincoln, but that is high praise for a guy like Harbor who's started four games in his college career and really doesn't throw the ball as well as maybe he'd like to. So there's definitely opportunity here for Harbor to kind of get loose. Um, anything else you're looking at on Nebraska's offense that they need to do if they want to take advantage of a actually solid Northwestern defense? They're not great, but definitely the better unit on their team yeah just pound the rock I mean uh, Northwestern has the worst run defense in the big 12 or big 10 uh, <laughs> allowing uh, 172 <laughs> uh, yards a game and just like you said the dual threat they've had trouble defending those type of quarterbacks Harburg in his three starts minus the Michigan game of course uh, has 98 yards on the ground 157 yards on the ground, and then 82 yards on the ground against Illinois. So, obviously, it's been a focal point for Northwestern this week just to talk about how big of a matchup kind of nightmare uh, Harburg is in a way, and I just see that continuing on Saturday. Yeah, he, he's definitely the X factor in this one. Malachi Coleman getting his first start. The receiver group has been depleted, to say the least. I'm interested to see how they do against a pretty strong Northwestern secondary. It's definitely the better unit on the defense as compared to the run defense. Um, I'm not expecting a lot of big plays, especially with how weak Nebraska's wide receiver core is, but there's definitely opportunity for guys like Coleman and some of those younger players to step up. I'm looking at Anthony Grant. Hasn't looked very good as of late. Most of the run production has come from Harburg. I want to see him get going, and this is a good opportunity to do so, like you said, against the Big Ten worst, Big Ten's worst 
uh, rushing defense. They're allowing 172 yards per game. Anthony Grant's got to get going. He has, you know, he had that, got a little banged up in Illinois. He's had two weeks off to, to rest up. I'd also like to see what Emma Johnson can do. He had some nice runs before he fumbled, uh, broke off a, a couple couple decent plays. So interested to see where they go there against Northwestern. And, and supposing that they're up big, then the running game really has to get going. And you can't really run that with Harburg because you want you don't want to put him in harm's way when you're uh, with a big lead. Interesting thing I found is that Northwestern really doesn't turn turnovers. They they don't take they don't take the ball away a lot. Similarly to Nebraska, there were some that we saw from the Huskers last week. But Northwestern's not going to force turnovers on you unless you force them on yourself. I'm looking for Nebraska to really step up and not turn the ball over. Uh, do you think that's possible this week? I think it is. Yeah, I, they've had the bye week to kind of fix up these problems, patch up the fumbling issues, and. I mean, again, in this game, the run, the run, the running game is just going to be the number one priority for the Nebraska offense. With guys like Harburg, Grant, Johnson, all those guys are going to get numerous carries throughout the game. It's just going to be on if they can hold on to the football or not. Obviously, it's been a problem all year, but I feel like I feel like if there was a time for that to change, it'll be now coming off a of bye week. Yeah, they need to stay clean. Northwestern's surprisingly disciplined. They don't really turn the ball over that much, and they don't commit a lot of penalties. Completely opposite to what Nebraska likes to do, commit a lot of penalties and turn the ball over a lot and still find ways to win. They need to be clean, though, because they can't expect Northwestern to make those same kind of mistakes that Illinois did. Illinois is a couple big plays away from pulling off that win. Same thing we go with this week. You cannot be sitting there 20-7, to turn the ball over four times, and squeak out of there this needs to be a dominant win from the beginning everyone's going to enjoy the wins here in Lincoln it's been a while since this team had four wins this early in the season however it's got to start coming now because if you if you're sitting there and letting Northwestern stick around with you how what do you expect when Maryland comes to town with an explosive passing offense what do you expect with Iowa who is going to stick with you the whole way you have to jump out in front and this is the week to do it you have Northwestern now, Purdue next week. Incredible opportunity to get to 5-3. and three. Again, don't want to look forward into the future, but the future is now, and this Northwestern game is pivotal. Anything else you want to touch up on this matchup before we move on into volleyball? I don't think so. Awesome. So Nebraska volleyball, what a week it is. I, I still can't really experience the grandeur that this – matchup is going to be without being there it's going to be unfortunate that we're going to be sitting yeah. in the press box writing our stories so uh, hopefully for 11 a.m game yeah right um hopefully it'll be a win otherwise they'll be pretty miserable writing about a loss while nebraska volleyball is playing wisconsin and we don't get to we don't get to be there we'll probably have it pulled up and, and watching it but what a big week for them finally got to the undefeated mark on wednesday night against northwestern it had been kind of uh we're not going to talk about wisconsin until we beat northwestern that's what John Kick's message was. They got there. They're undefeated. This is absolutely an incredible matchup for the sport of volleyball. Number one versus number two, undefeated. You got to think of this in terms of, I mean, this is like right now. Right now, midseason, you know, Ohio State and Michigan playing undefeated, right, in the Big Ten. Um, and yet, these are the two premier programs in the sport. Young versus experienced rivalry. Um, what are you looking forward going into this matchup? Yeah, like you just said, it's really a battle of just experience. I, Wisconsin, one of the more experienced teams in the 
uh, country, whereas Nebraska, really, again, everyone expected them to be good because that's just Nebraska. That's just the volleyball way. But the way, way they've come out this year with not a single senior on their roster, got four freshmen playing majority of the matches and contributing greatly to their success. It's just been a really, really fun team to watch, and it's just going to be a really interesting matchup as these two teams are, again, number one and two in the country, undefeated, just a complete different battle of kind of cultures at this point. Right. I remember watching the 2021 title game, and what a big moment that was for Wisconsin to be able to continue the domination of Nebraska. This is a chance to overturn that script, um, an absolutely exciting matchup. It, it's a great defense versus a great offense. They're obviously both very good at both. Um, but Nebraska, how's that incredible defense going to match up with Wisconsin, who, who's hitting at one of the highest percentages in the country? Um, we'll see on Lindsey Krause. Um, she may not be able to play. That would mean Batenhorst is going to step into her spot like she did against Northwestern. That's a big loss. You don't want to have that happen right before the game, but I, I trust that Cook will have them ready to go. Only disappointing thing is on Big Ten Network. Wah, wah. Like I, again, I, I get that it's a Saturday in college football, and I'm assuming Fox doesn't want to pass up an opportunity to get a national game. But th- this is the problem that we've talked about, right? It's like football is so popular because of how much it is put on TV, right? You can watch every single college football game as long as you have Peacock, which will, is another point we'll get to another time I want to watch everything I don't want to have to buy Peacock but it is put on you can watch every single game I think that this is a missed opportunity to put this game on national TV still will get probably the biggest ratings of any regular season game ever I would have to assume on Big Ten Network but we've seen both of these teams uh, on the on this under the spotlight before in the national championship in front of 92,000 people you know Wisconsin's played in big venues themselves I wish I would got to see this game maybe be on Fox, but it is on Big Ten Network, so we'll have to tune into that. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Could be a big, big day here in Lincoln. The the uh, it's a possibility the rail yard could be bumping that night with two big wins in Nebraska's two favorite sports. Anything you have else to touch on for today? Should be an eventful Saturday. Absolutely, going to be a fun one. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk everything about those two matchups and preview Nebraska versus Purdue. It's homecoming week next week. Going to be an exciting one and an opportunity to get even closer to a bowl game. Thank you so much for listening again. We will see you then.